Yes, that's right, folks. Get ready. It's time for WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR. It's nothing but a sports talk party. And here we go. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to WTBR Sports Talk as we pot down the uh, Jay Giles band. So uh, it's Robbie Zucker here on a Tuesday morning, and uh, it's nice to be here at WTBR 89.7-413-445-4243-413-445-4243. Last week I had my partner, Edna Valenti, uh, my buddy uh, here in the studio, but today I'm going solo, so... Uh, Anyway, if you want to give me a call and talk sports, uh, 413-445. Hey, my New York accent's coming up. Talk sports. <laughs> 413-445-4243. I guess, well, where can we get started here? Well, I guess we can start um, probably with this weekend. I had a really good weekend, actually. I was in Saratoga, uh, my best friend's birthday, so we went out there, won a couple of bucks. Uh, I watched the Field of Dreams game on Thursday, which was a lot of fun. And then, of course, the Yankees uh, playing some pretty good baseball, even though they lost that game. So let's kind of start with Thursday and the Field of Dreams game. I thought it was fantastic, and uh, I really enjoyed the game itself. So I want to get your thoughts, folks, on uh, the Field of Dreams game, what you thought about it. Uh, Anybody has a particular favorite movie that they might like. Uh, So I thought it was amazing, just everything from the – Field itself to the build-up, the hour-long pregame show, the interview with Kevin Costner, um, just the thoughts of Ray Liotta and a lot of people that you know were in the movie and so forth. And I actually saw a special the other day on um, on the uh, Field of Dreams making of the movie, the 25th anniversary, except the show's seven years old. I'm going, wait a second, Costner looks a little younger. These guys look a little younger. What's going on here? And then I realized it's seven, <laughs> it's seven years ago that they did this show, but it's still really good and everything. But just everything, and including the guys out in the outfield, the players eating the corn and then, like, spitting it out. <laughs> they didn't realize this is you know, corn that's actually grown for cows. They didn't realize that this is actually corn that's not really edible, the sweet corn that you actually buy in the grocery store that you buy from the farmer's market. So it was pretty funny. But uh, everything was great, except, of course, for the outcome of the game as a Yankee fan. But uh, it was still a great spectacle. I mean, a walk-off home run and, you know, in the cornfields and just everything was fantastic in that game. So if you have any particular movie that you like, baseball movie or something, I mean, I have my picks for best baseball movie and worst baseball movie. Field of Dreams is probably my favorite movie. The thing that gets me all the time, and I know it chokes everybody up. I used to play catch with my dad in the front lawn all the time. And the thing is that my grandfather, I never knew, my father's father. So when I watched the movie, I'd get a little teary-eyed knowing that I didn't know my grandfather, okay? But now when I watch it, I think of Catch with my father, and it's just every time I cry, the whole time, you know, it's like I'm worse than Marc Messier. You know, Messier used to talk about crying all the time. I'm worse. So anyway, uh, 413-445-4243. Say that really fast again. 413-445-4243. Number two is the uh, uh, extension you want to dial here to become a caller here on WTBR. It's a fabulous studio, really beautiful studio. So let's see what's going on here in baseball. Well, as we look at it right now, the Yankees last night win another game, a makeup game with the California Angels. And if you came late to this game last night, folks, you missed everything. A home run in the first inning and then a Joey Gallo um, two-run home run to put the Yankees up 2-1. to one, And that was it. So Garrett Cole last night comes back effective for five and two-thirds of an inning. Or, yeah, I think it was five and two-thirds of an inning. And uh, he looks effective. But the Yankees... Now, find themselves, I believe, 1.5, one and a half games, 1.5, one and a half games out of, um, out of the wild card and only five and a half out of the division. Now, let's talk about the schedule because the Red Sox have an easier schedule. Now, the Red Sox play tonight, and uh, Chris Sale is back. He pitched uh, a little over five innings the other day. It was effective. 
And right now, when you look at the end of the season right now, let's look at the remaining games, okay, for the Yankees and for the Red Sox because it's interesting to see. So when I look at the last couple weeks of the season, the Red Sox now have three with Seattle, three with Baltimore, two with the Mets, who are horrible, and we'll talk about the Mets after. I think the Mets have gone down basically like a Led Zeppelin. And uh, they have three with the Yanks, three with Baltimore, and three with Washington. So that's, that's the Red Sox schedule. Three with Baltimore, two with the Mets, three with the Yanks, three with Baltimore, and three with Washington. You couldn't find a better schedule for the Red Sox the last six games against Baltimore and Washington. Now, we've seen teams play spoiler in the past. We've seen teams play spoiler, that's for sure. And uh, that's, you know, that's the thing that I'm thinking to myself. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) He just came and gave me the number again. So that's all right. It's a little bit better. It's actually in black pen. So at 445-4243, extension number two, for anybody that wishes to call and talk sports or talk anything about some of their favorite uh, movies and so forth. But anyway, um, so for the Yankees now, after beating the Angels last night in a makeup game, they have three against Baltimore, three against Cleveland, three Texas, and the last three series are three against Boston, three against Toronto, who are now four games out, and also, excuse me, four games out of the wild card, and three against Tampa. That's a tough schedule. Three against Toronto, three against Tampa, and three against Boston. Who has the easier schedule? Well, obviously the Red Sox do. So you figure, oh, the Red Sox are probably going to get in, and the Yankees aren't. I think personally the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to get in because I don't think Seattle's that good. And I think Oakland is overrated too. So it might come down to the fact that the only team that comes out of the West is Houston. So that would be looking at a possibility of all three teams from the American League East going to the playoffs. So when you look at those teams and you say, wow, you know, this is interesting. You have a situation where you got three teams fighting it out for the division. I'm not giving up on the division, Yankee fans. Don't give up on the division yet. They're only five and a half out. So you got a lot of games to play, about 46 games. So I would not give up on the division yet. So anyway, 445-4234, extension two, for anybody who wants to give us a call here at WTBR Sports Talk. And, um, the Red Sox um, have been playing not as well, although they beat up on the Orioles the other day. I think they scored like 16 runs against the Orioles, who are just absolutely horrible. And like I said, they have Chris Sale back. They cut uh, I, I, a really good player, Marvin Gonzalez. So he's gone, so uh, they actually made room for Kyle Schwaber and did a couple of moves the other day, a couple of transitions, um, transactions and so forth. So let's look at it this way. They're going to play... The Yankees right now, I guess, a few series. I have a doubleheader today. I hate the seven-inning doubleheader, folks. I don't even want to go into the seven-inning doubleheader or the phantom runner on second base because I can't stand either one of them. So, be that as it may, we have a doubleheader today. The Yankees and the Red Sox, in fact, the game is on this afternoon. It's a split doubleheader. It just makes no sense, folks. I mean, first of all, for you to go into a stadium, okay, for you to walk into a stadium and sit there for seven innings. I mean, this is not the bad news, Bears. You're not going out to watch Tanner Boyle and Timmy Lupus. You're going to watch the New York Yankees. You're going to pay a lot of money for, you know, the ticket. You're going to pay a lot of money for concessions. You're going to pay a lot of money for merchandise. You're going to pay a lot of money to park, and you're going to be there for seven innings. If you want to do this right, and you want to give seven innings, all right, then have a back-to-back doubleheader. Let somebody come in and watch 14 innings. This idea of watching seven innings and leaving the ballpark is just absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. So I, I disagree with it totally. 445-4234, extension 2. 413-445-4234, extension 2, for anybody who wants to call us here and talk a little about their baseball memories or movies they, they like. The worst movie to me has to be <laughs> The Babe Ruth Story with William Bendix, which is a, it's so bad that it's good, you know? At the end, like, you know the part where, you know, <laughs> Babe Ruth is with the little boy, hits the home runs for the little boy, and at the end of the movie, he's the actual doctor that's saving his life and so forth. I mean, it's just so bad, but it's good. It's actually one of the, it's by far the worst movie. And one of my favorites is actually, it happens every spring with Ray Milan. Uh, it's exact, it's one of the funniest movies. It's about a college professor who discovers this formula and suddenly he realizes that he can make a baseball move all over the place. So he quits his job at the university and he goes to, um, 
the St. Louis Cardinals. It becomes this incredible, like, you know, all-star pitcher. And the whole time he's cheating, but it's just a, it's a lot of fun. It, it happens every spring with Ray Milan if you get a chance to watch it. So there's a lot of good baseball movies out there. But I, I really enjoyed the, the game the other night. And, of course, the Yankees took two from the White Sox. And the uh, and now the Yankees, I said, against the Red Sox today for a doubleheader. Uh, the Yankees have been getting all kinds of contributions. Rizzo's been out. They've lost basically most of their starting infielders. Gio's been out. Glaber's out with a with a uh, a problem, I believe, with his with his uh, with his thumb sliding into second base. It's amazing. These guys don't know how to slide anymore. I've never seen so many injuries in my life in professional baseball. It's unbelievable. It is just absolutely amazing how many people get injured today. I never saw this when I was a kid. I knew every day when I walked in to watch my team that Chambliss was going to be at first base and Willie was going to be at second base and Bucky was going to be at short and Nettles at third and so forth and Reggie and Wright, you know, and Munson, may you rest in peace, behind the plate. I knew who was on the field. Now you got 40 million players juxtaposed all over the place and it's just ridiculous. And so... You know, I'm used to the constant lineup changes and the, and the uh, constant batting order changes, which drive me crazy. But uh, this is what it is in baseball today. I don't agree with it. I don't like the analytics. I can go on for analytics and why I hate it for hours and hours and hours, whether it's the lack of enjoyment watching somebody field. I can't even imagine growing up and watching the ball go to every fielder rather than making great plays. I can't imagine, like, watching Ozzie Smith or watching, you know, great defensive geniuses or watching a guy like Roberto Alomar growing up or even watching guys like Brooks Robinson you know, when I was a kid with shifting and stuff, it's just, it makes the game so, unter- so entertaining at this point. But uh, anyway, this is what baseball is right now. Next year, you have a collective bargaining agreement. Hopefully we get rid of the phantom runner at second base. This is just ridiculous. It's as bad as the overtime in college football where you could be there, you know, till next, uh, you know, whatever. The next, I was going to say next Rosh Hashanah since it's coming up or next Christmas or next holiday, because it's just ridiculous to, to watch this, uh, this, you know, sort of amateur version of baseball with this constant shifting. Because I like to see great defensive plays. And you just see the shifting all over the place. And it really started a lot with Tampa Bay. I mean, they used to shift for Ted Williams. And Ted Williams said, well, screw that. I'm just going to, you know, launch the ball over the right side. That's different. That was Ted Williams, as my father said, the greatest hitter he ever saw in his life. But uh, it's just... um, it's just not the same game I grew up with, and there's too many managerial moves during a game, and guys are coming out. We're all obsessed with pitch count and so forth. So, you know, we could go on about the differences in baseball and uh, what is uh, good for the game, what is bad for the game. And to me, analytics, you know, it used to be called advanced scouting. Now they call it analytics. But believe me, it's, it's driven me crazy. I can't stand when a manager comes out in the fifth inning and starts to micromanage the game and, and all the pitchers. It's like, a, you ever see like when the clowns come out of the car? That's what it's like. It's over and over and over again. Pitcher after pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. And now they have these three batter rule, which is the worst. I'm thinking of the three batter rule and I'm looking to myself and saying, hmm. Remember in the 1996 World Series when the Yankees brought out Graham Lloyd from Australia and he went out and he struck out Ryan Klesko every time and they put him in for one batter and that was it. And that's what managers used to do. They used to bring in lefty specialists. Now you bring a guy like Britton in who I have no trust in. Not only does he walk the world, he throws four million pitches. Uh, he's ineffective against left-handed batters. And of course, Brune brought him in against the righties the other day, which made no sense. A right-handed predominant team with, uh, with the White Sox. But it's just like, you think about this, and it's just not the same. It's just not the same. When you have a manager that can make moves and can bring in a lefty to righty at the most crucial time in the World Series, and now you can't? Now you got to stick with a pitcher that stinks? A guy that comes in and gives up two runs or gives up, excuse me, gives up two hits? And then all of a sudden, you're like, you have to keep him in, and then the guy launches a three-run home run, and you have no control of it. So it's really difficult for managers today in certain situations, but at the same time, managers seem like they're puppets, that they're being guided by general managers, that they have no autonomy. I want the days of, like, you know, Sparky Anderson, Whitey Herzog, and Billy Martin, and guys that actually have autonomy, not guys that sit there in the dugout in sunflower seeds. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous to watch. So, But anyway, that's been pretty much the baseball that I grew up with. I grew up with, you know, an entertaining game, and I feel that the reason that young people don't like this game anymore is because you don't have the speed in the game, although the Yankees have been stealing bases. I guess Boone decided he actually wanted to manage a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe Cashman's giving a little more autonomy to run. Um, but uh, now with the Yankees, we have guys coming back. Geo is so important to this team. Rizzo is so important to this team. Glaber's important to the team, too. I mean, he's not a great shortstop. Let's be honest. The Yankees need a really regular shortstop. 
But those three bats are important, especially Gio and Rizzo. Guys that make contact, guys that understand fundamentally how to hit the ball the opposite way when the time is important. When the guys are on base, when there's RBI situations, okay, that's the time that you want to be able to do that. So I think getting these guys back, you get Rizzo back, you get Glaber back, you get Gio back, and now you have a combination of power and you have a combination of line drive contact. And the Yankees right now are playing good baseball. Look, they haven't played the greatest teams. I'm not going to go crazy because they beat Baltimore and Kansas City and Seattle, but they took care of the White Sox, who I believe are overrated. Look at the White Sox division. They play four teams, Kansas City, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, and, uh, and, and they're just, you know, they're not, they're not playing great teams. And Detroit, who's actually had a really good year under, uh, under A.J. Hinge and, and have been actually terrific. Um, in the second half and really made a surge with a, with a young team. And obviously, Miguel Cabrera looking for a home run number 500. What a career for that guy. But um, those four teams are all playing under 500 baseball. So it's not like the White Sox are facing great competition. This is 76 games against subpar 500 teams. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the Yankees can actually um, continue to uh, play well. And uh, we'll uh, have an opportunity to, uh, you know, See what happens between the Red Sox and the Yankees this afternoon. I'd like to see the Yankees take both games. Wouldn't it be great? Red Sox fans obviously feel the other way. Um, I think it's going to be a split. Um, I've said this all year, how much better I like Joey Cora, uh, Joey Cora uh, than I, uh, Alex Cora than I, uh, than I like Aaron Boone. I've not been a big Boone supporter. Um, although, you know, lately, how can you say he hasn't done a good job lately with all the injuries? I'm not a big fan of his. I never will be a fan of his. Um, but he did do a good job a few years ago when they had major injuries. So, you know what? A manager really can only give you maybe 2 3%, maybe. I mean, Whitey Herzog used to talk about this, and he used to say that maybe 3 or 4% of games out of 162, the manager has possibly the responsibility of losing that game. Now, I can go back to about four or five games this year where Aaron Boone has just been a disaster, leaving guys in and not thinking or taking guys out too early. So, I'm much more of a bigger fan of Alex Cora than I am of Aaron Boone, but we'll see. I mean, Alex Cora did not look like a genius the last couple of weeks when the Red Sox couldn't pitch and the Red Sox couldn't hit. I know Xander Bogars is fighting an injury. J.D. Martinez was in a bit of a slump. So that's the thing. The Red Sox have a good offensive team. Whether their pitching comes through now, that's the key. I don't trust Matt Barnes. Um, I think Whitlock's a really good pitcher. I think they ought to make him either a starter or make him a setup man or maybe even look at him being a closer. I mean, he's very talented. They got him. Um, from the Yankees when the Yankees also traded Adam Adovito. So uh, I was happy to see Adovito go anyway. So, I mean, I couldn't deal with the sliders <laughs> to left-handed bats and watch them go flying out of the park. So, But anyway, uh, give us a call, 413-445-4243. Um, we're going to be back on uh, this messages, and we'll be back with more WTBR Sports Talk right after these messages. Support for WTBR comes from Sun 3D Enterprises, providing awnings and canopies in western Massachusetts. Retractable awnings, retractable screen, gutter and gutter protection systems, commercial awnings, and screen rooms. Customized solutions available online at sundrini.com. UCP of Western Massachusetts is hiring. If you'd like to help people with different abilities lead independent lives, apply at ucpwma.org jobs. We need direct and living caregivers. Join the agency who's reimagining independence. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. Is it possible to two Utes? Uh, uh, to what? What? Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. What is a Ute? <laughs> WTBR.
Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker with you. 413-445-4243. Had a little technical problem just getting used to the studio. It's the first time I've been soloing for quite a while. So uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, definitely different being here. And by the way, the studio is fantastic and everything at the station is great. So if you guys have never been down here, I have to tell you, come on down to the station and uh, check it out and talk to the folks uh, here at WTBR. We have a lot of great programming. I mean, there's block program and they play some of the best music i mean i'm turning the radio on the other day and i'm hearing like two rolling stone you know and by robin trower i'm hearing like pat travers band and this morning i was rocking out and they were playing a whole bunch of different stuff there's all kinds of great block program we got jazz program i listen to beatles forever uh usually late in the afternoon so there's a hell of a lot of great programming right here on uh, wtbr and 445-424-3413-445-4243. Give me a call. I could use a few phone callers this morning. Um, anyway, we were talking about the Yankees. Let's focus on the Mets. All right. All right. The debacle that it was. How crazy is this? The Mets lose 14-4, I believe, the other night. They have two of their pitchers, excuse me, two of their roster players come out and, and do some pitching at the end so they don't burn out their pitching. But the Mets have suddenly fallen. I mean, all year, I never thought they were a really good particular team. But with the injuries to DeGrom and the injuries to, to Lindor and just the fact that this team has not performed above expectations, I mean, you look around this team and you say, what is this team really? What are they? What are the Yankees? What are the Mets? You look at first base. Okay, Pete Alonso is a really good player. Okay, a really good player. All right. And he's carried this team for a while. But then you look at the other players. Who is J.D. Davis? What has he ever done? He's a third baseman that's not a third baseman. He can't play the outfield. To me, he's a DH. They should have gotten rid of him. I mean, I could not believe last night watching the game against the Giants. And there's Chris Bryant and two home runs. And this is the guy. This is the guy that the Mets were trying to target. And they didn't. They said, okay, we're going to go after Chris Bryant. And then Chris Bryant winds up in San Francisco. All right, they got Javi Baez. All right, but Javi Baez strikes out 50 million times. Chris Bryant was a guy that could use a third base. They didn't really need Javi Baez. So now you got Javi Baez and Lindor coming back. I mean, I guess Lindor said, hey, my buddy Baez is available, so let's go get my buddy Baez, you know? So that's the thing. But the thing is that the Mets have had so many injuries to their pitching staff, to the regular everyday players. And the biggest one, obviously, is Jacob DeGrom. Now, I have no idea what's going on with DeGrom. I mean, I hear all kinds of different injuries. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the injuries to Major League Baseball players, we already talked about this. But the fact that DeGrom is not pitching, who happens to be, you know, hands down the best pitcher in baseball, there's, there's no argument for that. We all know that. The fact of the matter, the problem is the durability, okay, of this guy. And he's not durable. He's been out for a while since the All-Star break, Okay. And Stroman's pitched well, okay? Now, Taiwan Walker had been great at the beginning of the year, and now he's struggled, okay? And they have no offense. They have arguably the worst offense in the National League. Now, let's look at second base. McNeil, shortstop, Lindor has been out. Third base, they have, um, they've got a nice year out of Villar. I mean, he's you know, had 14 home runs. He hit another one last night. He's been pretty good, okay? Jonathan Villar, he's been well right. And then they got Kevin Pillar, you know, they picked, they added to their bench, okay? They did a good job adding to their bunch, but the bottom line is they over-evaluated this talent. Dominic Smith, who is Dominic Smith? Brandon Nimmo, is he really a starting center fielder in the National League, or is he a fourth outfielder? Is he a corner outfielder? I like him, but he's not. I mean, they had a chance to get George Springer. Here's a billionaire owner. All the Met fans were like, oh, my God, Steve Cohen, we get rid of the Wilpons. We got Steve Cohen, he's a billionaire. Oh, this is fantastic. So what did they do? <laughs> <laughs> they went out and signed James McCann for $10 million, no JT Riamuto, no George Springer, and then they give Lindor a $341 million contract, and next year you got every stinking great shortstop as a free agent. But there was so much pressure to sign Lindor. Oh, we got to sign Lindor. Oh, my God, we can't Lindor, let Lindor get away. Lindor has been anything but Lindor this year. He has been awful. Now, I hear arguments from my friends that say, well, you know, Lindor played in this mediocre division for a long time in the Central, you know, in the American League. They're not playing against great teams. Bottom line is that this guy is paid $341 million. <laughs> he needed that extra $1 million over the top. It's like, and the guy has not produced, and he's been hurt, 
And it's amazing. These guys don't play hurt. I was listening to an interview the other day with Albert Bell, who should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. I mean, the press just snubbed him. Same thing they did to Jim Rice, you know, before Rice was in the Hall of Fame. It's because he wouldn't talk to the press. Albert Bell was not a likable guy by the press, but he said he can't believe some of these injuries, like a calf problem. He's like, who the hell has a calf problem? It's ridiculous, you know, and sits down for months like Mike Trout and some of these guys. I always said, just rub some Ben Gay out and get out of there already, you know, get out in the field. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, all the injuries to this, to this team. But the bottom line is the, the Mets have not evaluated talent correctly. So what do you do with the Mets next year? How do you tweak this? Let's face it right now. What are they? They're three and a half out of the division. There's no way they're winning the wild cards. The wild card is either coming from the Padres or also the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds, who are a really good team and have snuck up, I believe, two behind the Padres right now uh, in the NL wild card race. So when you look at this team and you go, oh, my God, you know, these guys are they're in big trouble. They went out to San Francisco last night. So here's the deal. After the game, after that debacle against the Dodgers, after they got swept, okay, they fly on a plane and they fly to L.A. That night, they get up and have to play a night game, uh, you know, three-hour difference against the San Francisco Giants. They were up 3-2 last night. The pitching collapsed. And I said Chris Bryant had two home runs and the Giants win 7-5. So the Mets now, I believe it lost four in a row. And they're sinking. And I, you know, I don't know what the solution is for them. I really don't know. Now, there's what? A lot of games left. Could they compete? Could they make a run for the division? Yeah, they could. We've seen that the Phillies' bullpen stinks. We've seen the Phillies aren't consistent. The Braves have made an amazing surge, winning uh, 8 out of 10 recently. Um, that team has really made some, some really good moves. I mean, they got Jock Peterson. They knew that they were going to lose Acuna for the rest of the season. He has a you know, torn ACL. He's gone. So they went out there and they were aggressive. They got a Jock Peterson and they added some pitching and they were smart. So now they're playing well. They're feeling good about themselves and the Mets are going the opposite way. But when you have a billionaire owner and this guy says, I'm going to get James McCann and not even give JT Riamuto a chance to come to Shea. And Shea, I'm thinking of Shea. It's a city field to play, you know, for the Mets. George Springer, they could have given him a couple more million dollars. Ah, there's the phone lines. I see them lighting up, so let's take our first caller. Okay. All right, you're on WTBR Sports Talk. Hello. 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 Hello, you're on WTBR. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, what's going on at Gerard? Hey, what's going what's on there? Florida? Hey, man, what's going on? FLA, and I think it's, it's going all right, man. I figured you had, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, you had all your work to do. So thanks for calling. What's going on, man? Oh, no worries. You sound great. Thanks, there brother. I'm trying. <laughs> I told you, man, so, try to do know, this for you, an hour. You're talking about the Mets, and, and uh, you know, you, you, really, you really hit a... Uh, a sore spot with me. They have they have just been driving me crazy, not just this year, but many years, but it just seems like they're always doing the late season swoon, and, and here we are again. It, it's terrible what's going on with this team. i got a question for you as a Met fan, okay? Why do you not give a contract to George Springer? How do you let the Toronto Blue Jays outbid you and you're a millionaire owner? I don't get it. Well, this this is the problem with this team. You know, when the the Wilpons owned it, everyone said it was you know they were the poison and they were the cheap ones. And uh, when when Cohen came in, it was supposed to be you know he was supposed to be our savior. And what did they do? They went shopping in the bargain bin once again. Instead of getting JT Realmuto, they go out and they get James McCann. <laughs> James McCann. They let the, yeah, they they let uh, the uh, the Blue Jays outbid them for Springer. Uh, they didn't get the pitching help they needed. They went and again shopped in the bargain bin and, and picked up Rich Hill, forty-one-year-old Rich oh, Hill. That's ridiculous. So you know the more thing, the, you know, you, you're a music fan. Uh, you know, same as the boss, right? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it just it, doesn't it, make it, sense. It's terrible. Yeah, it just doesn't make it's sense t- to me. It really doesn't. Like I'm looking at this and I'm saying, holy moly, what? They didn't. They didn't offer Springer a contract. They did not offer JT Riamuto a contract. They didn't go after any, and, and, and the trade deadline comes, and they get Rich Hill. Now, look, they, I know yeah. they got Javi Bias, but that's not what they needed. And the funny thing is, is that they really, really what they needed was a center fielder. I mean, they needed a, a catcher this year, and he's been terrible, McCann. I mean, they better have been off with Chuck McCann, for crying out loud. I mean, just, uh, he remembers uh, far-out space yeah, I mean, nuts. 
Right. I mean, <laughs> McCann's batting, you know, uh, what, what, around two forty or so with, uh, you know, thirty five RBIs. So he certainly wasn't the answer. No. So listen, would you have had to overpay for JT? Absolutely. But you've got a billionaire owner who's trying to make a splash, and JT Realmuto was the guy to go and get, as was um, uh, Springer. And, and I know they did make a, a, a decent offer, or actually a really good offer to Bauer. He didn't want to play here, but again, I think if you make an offer that these guys can't refuse, they would come. And he just didn't do it. And then what does he do? He goes and signs Lindor, a guy who's been declining for two years. I know you hate Lindor. I know you hate Lindor. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's going to be six free agent shortstops available. Why would you pay this? You made him a $325 million offer, which he declined. Why would you go and offer him 340 then? You know, at that point, you let him play out his contract. You let him, you know, he's, a, he's in a prove-it year. And then you sign him or, or one of the other six guys. The truth is there aren't six big market teams that would have been able to sign you know, uh, a Lindor or Baez or Trevor Story. So you would have got one at a bargain at the end of the year. So, again, just a terrible move. It just makes yeah, it makes, it makes no sense to me in terms of just, like, building the team because one of the things, the problem with the Yankees is the Yankees aren't good up the middle either. And now you look at the, the Mets, and are they really good up the middle? I don't believe so. I mean, look. Uh, Lindor's a good shortstop, but I mean, they don't have a, a, a really everyday starting uh, center fielder. And I'm not big about McCann, but you, you put Springer in center field and Riamuto behind the plate. Now you're talking be up, being strong up the middle. And they still, That's you right. know, and the, the kid I liked, you know, they traded away. Like, I wasn't crazy about Rosario, but the other kid they had, who's the other, the other shortstop they had that they were playing? Oh, they had a, um, uh, Jimenez. Right, who Jimenez. I liked Jimenez, and they traded him away too. You could have had Jimenez at short, sign Springer, sign Riamuto. Now you're talking about being strong up the middle. So that's the thing. Okay, now, we'll cook, now we're cooking with gas. And okay, what is exactly. wrong What is wrong with Jacob deGrom? Can you, I have no idea what's wrong with this guy. I have no clue. Well, He's had multiple MRIs, and each one comes back without any damage. So I don't know what the deal is. They either keep saying inflammation, but, you know, back in the 80s, I'm sure everybody pitched. Oh, come on. You know, it takes me sick to my stomach. they can't can't pitch. It makes me sick to my stomach. These guys won't play with a hangnail. It's just unbelievable. I I heard that same interview that that you did with Albert Bell, and Albert Bell said basically he needs to get out there. He's letting his team down, and and, and Joe Beningo agreed with him, and I I totally agree as well. Get out there. Right. What is going on with this guy? He's got no no damage coming back from MRI. Get out there and pitch. Your team needs you. Isn't it amazing? I'd rather have 75% of DeGrom than have any percent of any of these guys read or any of these guys. How bad was Carrasco the other night? I mean, I turned the game on at 6 nothing already. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, it's so that embarrassing. Leads my, that leads me into my next point. Okay. I, I am not. I am not a Rojas fan. So he puts Carrasco up to bunt when they're down by. Oh, that was ridiculous. He Carrasco bunts and then he takes him out to start the next inning to pitch. Are you kidding me? Why not put a pinch hitter? What was the excuse? What was his excuse? Because I didn't hear the. I didn't hear the post game with with uh, with Rojas. What was his? Suppos- what was supposedly he didn't want to go to the bench that early because he was light on uh, on on bench players, which you know may or may not be the oh, truth. Give me a break! You're down I mean, six nothing already yeah. for crying out loud! You, you, what do you, and they don't score. I mean, this, you knew the game was over at six nothing. Let's be honest, okay? I mean, you oh, knew absolutely. the game was and, and over. This, this, there's forty something games left in the season, and in the first game against Washington, he sits Smith, um, Conforto, and McNeil in the same game with forty something games to go in, in the biggest road trip of the year. He sits his three star players. I don't want to hear it was a lefty batter. Uh, Smith is hitting three thirty against lefties, so I don't even care about the lefty righty. Those are your best players. There's forty something games left. I would much rather have any one of those guys in there over the over the direct they put out there. So I, I am not a Rojas fan. He's not a Cohen hire anyway. He was hired by the old. So regime. what? So what do they you do know? next year? So what do they do next year? Like what? If you okay, you're, I'm going to say play general manager for a second. All right, all right. So uh, um, let's see. All right. So next year, what does Steve Cohen do? Who does he fire? Who does he hire? Who's out there that you think could be a GM and a manager? If you have to give me a couple names, throw some names at me. Well, I, I think that they tried, you know, they made a nice push to get Theo Epstein in this offseason. Theo didn't want to come. He wanted a year off. So I think next year you do whatever you have to get to get him. He's got a proven track record. Um, you know, he, he resurrected two different franchises. I think you pay him whatever he wants to come. He can go get Theo Epstein. That's number one. Uh, number two, as far as the manager goes, you know, I, I don't know who's going to be available. I know a lot of people like Buck. I, you know, maybe the game's passed him by. Which, which guy? Which, who, who are you saying? Uh, Buck Showalter. Oh, Buck Showalter, yeah. You know the thing about Buck, though? I, I, the only thing about Buck is I don't think he's great with the young players now. I think there's a – I'll tell you a guy I really – tell you a guy they should hire, really should hire, and, and he's, he's been up there, you know, 
the Yankees have talked about him. Other teams have talked about him. He kind of got snubbed because of the whole Houston thing, and that's Carlos Beltran. I think he would do a really good job with, with the Mets. I think he would. Well, they already, they already hired him one time. Right. That's right. That's right. I forgot they already hired him. That's right. Jeez. Thanks for filling me in there. I totally forgot about that one. So, oh, boy, let me tell you, you know, great minds want to know. Back-to-back years, they hired a guy and fired him, Beltran, before he ever managed a game. And then the next year, they hired Jared Porter as a GM and fired him before he ever. Right, right. That's right. They hired That I remember. Yeah, they hired him and got rid of him. Yeah, exactly. But he would be the guy to me. Like, I. I think they need a guy who's younger, who can relate to the young players. I think they need a guy who's got more enthusiasm. I like Buck. Believe me, I was t- calling Buck's name when Boone was driving me crazy. And Boone still drives me. I mean, you and I talk about Boone all the time. But, but you said it all year. You said, oh, the Yankees are going to be better. So I have to give you credit for that. So, but anyway. I just felt that they had too much talent. They have you know, so many guys in that lineup. I mean, think about that lineup, too. Once, once you, you reach the playoffs, now that Stanton's playing the field, you could have Stanton, Gallo, and Judge in the same lineup. You get Rizzo at first. Now you could put Boyd up as the DH. Yep. Who would want to pitch to that lineup? I know. It's a scary lineup. And, and Joey's feeling more comfortable. So, All right. Yeah. So they're waving the flags, all right? <laughs> Don't get me started, but no. <laughs> so <laughs> next time I'm going to tell any all the, all the fans in right field start waving the American flag, man. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. What if his what if his name was like Joey Goldstein? Would they start waving the Israeli flags? Right, you know. I mean. Right, I should tell my mother the, most, the, the smallest books in the library. Right, so. They, <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Uh, so how's the, how's the weather I, I down in Florida? Great show. I'm Thanks, man. Listening, uh, Thanks. Thanks, brother. How's how's it down oh, in Florida? All right. Yeah, it's steamy, nice and hot, but the weather's been great. Yeah, I got up. My nice mother, my mother fell again. She's got uh, she broke her ribs. I'm telling, you, I can't take it anymore. She's like the dismembered night of Monty Python. So anyway, man, I'll let you get back to <laughs> I'll let you get back to work. So I don't know, man. I, I, it's either she moves up here, or I move down there, one or the other. And I, I you know, Florida in the summertime is like you walk outside, it's well, like you, hanging with Mister Heat Miser. Right, exactly. After sixty five, yeah. After, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 written in my it's written in my will down to Miami. After it's go. funny, you know. I, I went to Miami my whole life. Now I'm in my late fifties. I don't even want to go down to Florida. So spent my whole life going there. Here we got to schlep you down to Florida. So anyway, all right, brother. Yeah, thanks for the all call, right. man. You've totally made my day. So go ahead, and make all my right, day. All right, brother. You got all right. Lots of luck. All right, bye. All right. So, that was the first caller. That's my buddy Gerard. He's down in Florida, and he's, oh, my God, he's a diehard Met fan. His dad, may he rest in peace, great guy. He used to ride a motorcycle and have a three-fingered glove. When we started playing Little League together, he had a three-fingered glove. It was crazy, and, um, and that was really, really fun. Uh, so, uh, my dad had a four-fingered glove, and uh, speaking of the four-fingered glove, like whenever we had a catch... You know, it was great on the front lawn. So now whenever I see the scene at the end, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? I mean, I cry my eyes out. I, the music, James Horner's music in that soundtrack is so moving and so beautiful. And Costner was saying and Dwyer was saying as they were having a catch, they were talking about the fact they didn't want to drop the ball because the take, as you see, is all the people coming. And they actually hired all these cars. Like, they could have CG'd. Like, Costner was talking about, now you just have a CG of all these cars, you know, computer-generated cars. But those were cars that were actually people that lined up there and actually lined up their cars for the end of that shot. And there's a helicopter that went up that uh, shows them, you know, a bird's eye view of them having a catch. And it's just the most beautiful scene. That is just, and, it, you know, you have James Earl, Jones, James Earl Jones with his speech about baseball. And, uh, and uh, it's just beautiful. It's just the most, it's just a moving, moving film. And it, it brings back so many memories of catching with my dad. And I miss my dad terribly. And it's funny, you know, I think about Billy Crystal and Dan Stern talking in City Slurkers about how you couldn't talk to your pop about anything, but you could talk baseball with him. I couldn't talk to my father about anything. I couldn't talk about women or life or jobs or anything, but I could talk baseball with him. So, that was a real connection between fathers and sons or fathers and daughters and so forth. And even mothers. I mean, my mom, if it wasn't for my mom, I would have never gotten into being a hockey nut like I am. So and we'll talk about the Bruins and the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils when we get more into the hockey season. I'm really excited about the Rangers season. And obviously, Bruin fans they added a few uh, different players to the Bruins. And uh, I'm sure the Bruins are going to be a lot better this season uh, than they were last season. But uh, we'll talk about hockey at some point. So... The NFL season is on its way, and we have our local teams and the Patriots 
let's face it, folks, the Patriots are the Patriots. Now, the question is, who's going to start? And uh, Evan and I talked about this last week with Mac Jones, and obviously they've had some trouble at the quarterback position. I mean, Cam Newton is not the answer, folks. I would rather see a kid like Mac Jones start. And the thing about Mac, and and Evan was saying this last week, and I truly believe this, that a guy like Mac Jones fits better and will learn quicker in an offense like the Patriots. See, the thing about Daniel Jones from the Giants is that you don't want this kid throwing 40 times a game. You want to run the ball. You want to throw play-action passes. Same thing, I believe, with Mac Jones. You want to get him to a game. You want to run the ball. You want to use your tight ends. You want to set formations and, and have blocking schemes that will give this kid a chance to fit in with not a lot of pressure. You want him to be able to throw the ball, say, 20 times a game and be able to throw the ball in short situations, not third and 15 or third and 20. Okay, so I believe the Patriots are still going to be a very good team. They have a very good defense, and I expect them to win at least 10 games this season. And now I look at the Giants. I have been a real, how can I say this? I've been on Dave Gettleman's rear end for a couple of years. Now, there's some good things he's done, okay, getting Logan Ryan and signing Blake Martinez. Uh, re-signing Leonard Williams. We'll see if Leonard Williams has the big money now if he actually lives up to what he did last year. So, uh, anyway, if you want to give me a call, 413-445-4243. Again, 413-445 here in the beautiful WTBR studios. And by the way, uh, if you ever want to come down to the studio and check it out, it's really beautiful. The facility's great. The staff is great here. And uh, it's a great place to uh, to uh, hang out. And it's also a great place to listen to music because there's so much going on here. I mean, I, there's a great jazz program that I listen to on here. Um, there's really good. There's heavy rock shows. There's all kinds of stuff. So tune into WTBR. You can go to the website, WTBR, and uh, check it out. And check out all the block program. It's fantastic. But what I was saying about the Giants, okay, it's going to come down to basically one thing for the Giants this year or two things you could say will Daniel Jones develop into the player that they think he can be and will the offensive line hold up now I watched a little bit I hate preseason football I can't stand watching it but I watched the other night and it was just like I watched I watched about a quarter and that's about all I could take and they had the backup quarterback and Daniel Jones is standing on the side with his helmet and so forth so I don't even know you know if his mind's in the game he's just kind of watching on the sideline but they had the starting offensive line on the field, and they could not stop a bunch of B players, okay? They had, like, second stringers and first, you know, third stringers in there, and this line is terrible, and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be thrown from his rear end, so it all comes down to the blocking schemes on this line, and one of my problems with Gettleman is last year, he goes out and he drafts a wide receiver in the first round. Now, this kid has talent, but you just signed Kenny Galladay. You have Slayton. You have, uh, you know, a whole bunch of receivers. You signed Ross from Cincinnati, Now I don't know what he's going to be. But, I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm going, why has this guy for the last three years just decided that the offensive line, I mean, I know they drafted Thomas. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I wanted Mekhi Becton. I wanted Becton. I don't care if he's got personality issues and so forth. If you're a good coach and Joe Judge is a, is a disciplined guy, he could have molded Becton into anything. But, of course, Joe Judge wasn't there. So they took Thomas, who had a terrible rookie season, and he wasn't great last year. So I really don't know what he is yet. I mean, I don't know if he's going to improve, but every time I watch him, he's terrible. I mean, he doesn't block well, and he doesn't come across the line and and block and running schemes to the outside. So I don't really know what he is as a player yet. So we'll see. But the biggest key for the Giants this year is the offensive line. They have got to learn how to block. Because if I see Saquon Barkley, who let's hope is healthy and let's hope can run, run and run for two yards in a cloud of dust, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be Daniel Jones running from his life, throwing on third and 15 every time. And I'm not a big fan of Jason Garrett's. We all know that. We know all that. I've said that a million times. I've called him the, the most unintelligent man who ever graduated from Princeton University, okay? And it drives me crazy with Garrett when he will, say, have third and two, and he throws the ball 25 yards down the field for an incompletion. I don't get it. So I'm not a big fan of Jason Garrett's, and we have to put Daniel Jones more in situations of play-action passing, and that's the thing. He's got some weapons now. He can throw the ball to them, but the thing is, is I like to see this kid take a two-step drop, a two-step drop, and throw the ball, a la Tom Brady. Get this kid in a position to take a couple steps and throw the ball. Do not put him in shotgun every time. And now they brought Nate Solder back. Like, I'm supposed to have confidence in Nate Solder, who stunk with the Patriots? He looks like a genius with Tom Brady taking two steps and throwing in one point or 2.1 seconds. 
Sure, you look like a genius left tackle when you don't have to block anybody because the ball's been thrown already. So here comes Nate Solder again. So now they have Thomas to one side and Solder to the other side. Do you think I have confidence in that as a Giant fan? I don't. I do not have confidence in a lousy offensive line. And this has been Dave Gettleman's problem for three or four years since he became general manager of this team. Dave, you could have drafted the kid from Northwestern. You could have traded down for an offensive lineman. Why have you just decided that the offensive line of this team doesn't matter a lot? And you're plugging in guys. One guy you know, played left tackle, you know, excuse me, uh, right guard. Now he's the center. I mean, it's like all this crazy movement. He's substituting guys in and out of the offensive line. You can't build an offensive line that way. You cannot build an offensive line. And just to show you how important it is, go look at Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. Go look at Patrick Mahomes. He was running for his life. Why? Because they had injuries to the offensive line. That's how important the line is. Even with a guy like Mahomes, let, you know, let alone a guy like Daniel Jones, who's got mobility, but God forbid um, you know, Jason Garrett could actually let Jones you know, escape to the outside and then throw. So use this guy more on the run. Roll this guy out more and use this guy more in a situation where he can get the ball off and throw quickly. As far as the Jets go, (laughs) just end this season. Yes, the New York football Jets. (laughs) The Jets, I watched Zach Wilson the other day. He only threw nine passes. What did I see? A guy with a great arm, pretty accurate. We'll see what happens. The Jets, I think their line's going to be better. I think their defense is going to be better. They have some weapons on their offense. It's the first year for this kid. We'll see how he does, all right? Robert Sala, don't know much about him except that he was a coordinator in San Francisco. Don't know much about him as far as his, um, what he's going to do as far as running an offense, running a defense. He's a defensive guy. Um, I like him. I think he's going to be a good coach, but who knows? We don't know much about him at this point, and we don't know much about Zach Wilson, but what I saw the other night looked pretty comfortable in the pocket, some good throws, and they got a guy like Jamison Crowder, Mims as a young guy. So... We'll see. There's, <laughs> there's nothing else they can do but go up and, and get better. Anyway, we shall return with more WTBR Sports Talk and 413-445 and um, 4243 is the number to call. And you just hit number two. Again, 413-445-4243. We'll be back right after this message on WTBR Sports Talk. Press the music button. WTBR. Mexicans, Bigfoot, Koreans, yep. garbage pail kids. We got something for just about everybody. Hipsters. WTBR. Hi. Welcome to the future. The future begins in 10, 9, 8. 8. Oh, wait a minute. 8. What, again? 8. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? 3, 2, 1. WTBR. Have you ever dreamed of being a radio DJ, spinning your favorite vinyl, CDs, and MP3s? Have you ever wanted to share conversations with interesting guests with the community? Then the WTBR-FM Programming Committee wants to hear from you. We are now accepting proposals for new programs. For more information, visit WTBRFM.com or call 445-4234. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast.
Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker with you for another uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, 413-445-4243, extension 2. Again, 413-445-4243. Just talking a little Giants football and a little bit of Patriots football and talking about the Jets. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports or anything else you feel like you want to talk about, 413-445-4243. Just want to say hi to my mom down in Florida. My mom fell and broke her ribs. I'm like, man, she's going to be on the injured reserve list. But, uh, Mom, if you're listening, I love you, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be up here. I'll be down in Florida sometime and so forth. But uh, anyway, I just want to say hi to some of the people listening on the show today. My buddy Ralph down in New York, and uh, he's a great guy. does a great show on a station down in New York. So uh, anyway, and uh, to anybody else that's listening, uh, a lot of my buddies around the country, uh, out in Colorado, Florida, yeah, we get callers from all over the country right here on 89.7 FM. So uh as I said, you know, I do listen to Phil's show on the weekends, the jazz program, and I did a jazz program years ago for a couple of years, and uh, I'm a big jazz nut, so tune into that show on Saturdays. It's fantastic. There's a whole bunch of different programming right here on WTBR you want to check out, whether it's during the week or whether it's on the weekend. It's just uh, fantastic stuff, and there's so many different people um, to, uh, to listen to, lots of different uh, personalities, and uh, they have a great playlist. I mean, they have 10,000 albums back there in the library. So uh, it's pretty amazing uh, when you when you see all the records and how much they do. Ah, we got a phone call. Hang on. Okay. Hi, you're on WTBR. Uh, hello. Hey, man. What's going on? Who's this? Jim. My name is. Hey, Jim. How you doing? What's going on, brother? Uh, hey, man. I've been a Jets fan since 1968. When wow. I was seven years old. I remember those days. Famous playing in a game on a color TV at the laundry mat. Right. First color TV I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was, you know, uh, and uh, believe it or not, scored a touchdown on a bootleg. <laughs> 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 it was 1967. He wasn't all beat up yet, but. So you watch uh, Namath going to, going long to Sour and going to uh, oh, yeah. uh, all those guys, yeah. George Main, yeah, yep. yeah, Don, Don Sauer, uh, Maynard, Maynard, yeah, Maynard was great, yeah, that was a great team. Um, yep, yeah, I, you know. So what do you so what do you project for this year? Did you watch Zach Wilson? Surprised some people, man. They <laughs> they got uh, they had a great draft. Uh, Zach, of course, he's going to be a star. Do you think so? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. He he uh, just uh, he gets it, and he's a hard worker. They say he's at the uh, facility at 6.30 every morning and doesn't leave till it closes at night, 9.30 at night. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And, uh, you know, he's just a hard worker. He, uh, You know, his, his first game he did all right. He had two long drives. He didn't score touchdowns, but they got points out of him. You know, and uh, I was happy with him. I, You know, I, I just watched the games because I missed football. I even watched the Patriots, which you know. <laughs> what's your What's your projection on the Patriots? I I don't care. <laughs> do you hate Do you hate them as much as when they had Tom Brady? Oh yeah, they're they're all cheaters in my opinion. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I'm a Giant fan, so I understand. <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't have I, to put up with the Patriots too much being a Jet fan all the years, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, I have no use for them. But uh, they, the Jets had a good draft. They got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Yeah, I like him a lot. Second uh, first round pick, and they got Elijah Moore, who's going to be another star. Uh, they say he's been lighting up camp. Uh, him and uh, Zach have been lighting up camp, and you know the rest of their picks. They got some good picks. Sherwood is going to be, uh, you know, a good uh, defensive uh, lineman, I think. We'll see. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't really tell. You know, you can't project when it comes to the draft. You just have to play. But see, I was, I being a Giant fan, I wanted Bakai Becton because I think he's a monster. I think he's going to be a great player. And they have Thomas, and I was just what I was thinking. What is Gettleman thinking, man? You got a bookend guy who's like three hundred pounds. I couldn't figure it out. I just believe me. He's three sixty. Yeah, he's a road grader. You know, he can't stop. He gets moving. You know. Even he's he's quick and he's uh, smart too. You know he's not just a big, big lump. Right. What do you think? Of, what do you think of their defense? Uh, their their defense is going to be the best. They got CJ. Yeah, I was going to say I was just going to ask you. Mosley's coming back, right? So he might play this year. 
<laughs> finally. Um, he played one half a game in his first game as a Jet against Buffalo, and he, they were winning. And he went out because of a groin, and he was out basically the whole year. They tried to bring him back that year, but they brought him back too soon, and right. he injured it again, So, and he sat out last year. They'll, you know, their their backfield, their defensive backfield has a lot to be desired. Uh, they got Carl Lawson on the, uh, the front. You right, know, the, right. The defensive uh, lineman. Yep. Flash, you know, linebacker, but he's a, he's a defensive lineman. They say he's uh, he's uh, almost impossible to stop. He's been beat back to consistently. So how many games? So let me ask you this: as a Jet fan, how many games do you expect to win this season? Like, what do you think? Yeah, probably seven, eight. Really, you think they're going to win eight games? Yeah, you know, they're gonna, like I said, they're going to surprise people. Wow. Well, that's good. An optimistic Jet fan. You must know Ira yeah. from Staten Island. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, all the Jets groups, you know, some not all of them, but all some on Facebook, and these people are brutal. It's like it's their life. You know, their life. Their life accomplishment to go on Facebook and bash the Jets. I mean, I'm you a know. Ranger fan, so I know what it's like to lose a lot, so I yeah. <laughs> understand, you know, it's like... But, I do, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I see. I like Zach Wilson. I, I like him a lot. I'm just not sure how quickly he's going to develop. We'll see, you know, how, how what the type of scheme they're going to run and so forth. I like to see them run the ball and put him in play-action situations, just kind of like I was talking about Daniel Jones. So, But we'll oh, see, got, you know. Yeah. They got a running back out of uh, North Carolina, Carter, who's going to be uh, going to be good, I think. Okay. Um, well, you're the most optimistic a... Jet fan I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a great draft. Uh, yeah, they did. They, they a, did. They really they did. Got... I mean, I, I have a lot more confidence in their in their in their uh, in their general managership now than I've had in years. Yeah. I mean, it just it's yeah, like the Douglas Mets, is... one one guy after the next, you know. So. Yeah, Douglas is uh, finally confident. I think. A competent GM, and I think Salah he exudes competence, not yeah. confidence. Competence. Yeah, he, absolutely. He, uh, you know, he says every time he he speaks, he, uh, you know, he he seems like he knows what he's talking about. Absolutely, you know, not, I, I felt so bad for the Jet fans. I couldn't take one more season. Oh my God, he was, yeah. he was the worst. Oh, yeah. Adam was, Gaze. Uh, oh my God, he can't uh, even look at you with yeah. look. Oh my God, with the staring. Yeah. yeah. Now the last. The last time they were good was Roxy, and he was where quarterbacks went to die. You know. So. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, did you see? Uh, what you call? He used to wear his hat backwards. He just passed away the other day. Joe, uh, um, you know the old coach of the Jets, and uh, he used to wear his hat backwards all the time. So, uh, but uh, he just passed away. Joe yeah. yeah, Joe Walton. Yeah, Joe Walton just passed oh, away yeah, the other day. And my father more. used to look at him and say he was to wear his hat backwards all the time, which he did. You know that was his thing. Yeah. So. So Jim, yeah, he you, played you, for him right, right. back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, Buddy Ryan was actually a coach. Yep. Back then in the Super Bowl days, so they had you know back then we Eubank, he's a Hall of Famer and uh, all those guys. And oh yeah. Walton. I remember Coach Eubanks. I remember. Jo- I mean, I remember Joe Namath. I was really little when they won the Super Bowl. But the guy's still, in yeah. my opinion, the greatest release of all time of any quarterback I ever watched. The greatest. He and Marino had the best releases. I mean, the ball yeah. was out like a cannon out of his arm. It's a shame oh, yeah. all the injuries yeah. he had. You know, so he had it all. You know, if he was playing, you know, in the last fifteen years with his knees, yep. could have been, you know, uh, had a lot longer career with surgery. Absolutely. Hey, Jim, yeah. thanks for calling. I'm running out of time, but hey, call again, all man. I right, appreciate it so much. It's so kind yeah, of you, all right? Have a good day. Huh? Absolutely. Thanks. thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Good luck to the Jets, all right? Yeah. You got it, brother. Too. Okay, thanks all again. Right, okay, bye. All right, Jim checking in with us. That's really nice. It's always nice to have a caller locally. So, anyway, I'm about out of time. We'll see you next Tuesday. And uh, till then, this is Robbie Zucker signing off on WTBR Sports Talk. We will see you. So, now we got it. (laughs) Signing off till next week. Rob Zucker saying, everybody have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for more WTBR Sports Talk. So stick around for more program right here on WTBR. We'll see you next Tuesday. Everybody be well.